into and uh, lead us step by step. Thank you for Will in taking this courageous decision and uh, of applying and of all that means. Thank you that he's been accepted on this team. And uh, Lord, we look forward to hearing about what you're doing and through him and the others. But tonight we pray you'd fill him. Thank you for the preparation, for his love for you. We pray that would come across so clearly. But from the scriptures too, that you would you would help him communicate to us that the scriptures would come alive, that connections would be made with who we are, what's going on, and you prepare us for the coming days. And would you bless Will in all that he shares tonight. Thank you for this man of God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Right, have we got the slide? Perfect. Um, So, yeah. So recently, uh, I've been learning to drive. Um, It's taken, yeah, it's taken me, that's not me, just saying. Um, So yeah, so recently I've been learning to drive um, intermittently, really, over the last few months. Um, And one of the the most uncomfortable things, um, or the most uncomfortable parts of learning to drive, um, is not parallel parking, uh, and it's not the one-way system, um, that is in Warwick, although that is pretty painful. Um, But it can be, at times, um, the polite conversation that you have with the instructors, um, I'm not, I, I apologize to anyone in the room who is a driving instructor. I don't know if you are or aren't. Um, but it's not, it's not the quality of the conversation that bothers me. They're lovely people, I'm sure, um, some of them. Um, but it's the, it's the diversion um, this causes um, me as a learner driver um, to, uh, and how that impacts on me um, and impacts on my driving. Um, so this is, this is kind of what I want to highlight um, how uh, my focus can be distracted from me, um, in this case by the driving instructor. Um, so when I'm driving, usually, hopefully, all is going well um, until we begin talking. Uh, and then, then when my, di- my focus diverts uh, from this talking, uh, I always seems to, one mistake where either I go over the speed limit or I miss a car that's going to come around a roundabout um, and you end up having to slam on the brakes or something like that which is not the most fun thing in the world to do. Um, but it kind of shows me, and I, I, I led a cell talk a week ago, um, and I didn't think of this, but actually in my driving lesson, you started talking to me and I think, hang on a minute, this is, uh, this is important. So basically, my focus in this situation can only be wielded on one thing. Uh, and to try and divert that into two things um, is never going to work well. And it's never going to have good, good impact. Um, so, multitasking. Um, many seem uh, to be able to divert, or many claim that they can seem to divert their attention over multiple, uh, multiple avenues um, without deterioration in their ability. Um, and this is the enviable gift of multitasking. However, and I apologize to these guys as well, um, if you do believe that you are good at multitasking, um, but a, a lot of the evidence would suggest that, uh, unfortunately, uh, otherwise, basically, multitasking is a bit of a myth. Um, we are, as humans, very, very rubbish at diverting our attention over more than one thing. And rather than pursuing one thing very well, we always end up, well, we normally end up doing loads of things pretty rubbishly. Um, but yeah, um, so basically, I'm just using that as another example of 
of showing how our stretching our focus or putting our focus on more than one thing um, can lead to a deterioration in our end goal. Um, so yeah, and it's all, same is also true with eyes. Now I don't know what he's trying to do, um, but I couldn't find any images um, because what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say um, is when you um, put your if you put your finger up in front of your face uh, and look at your finger, you can either choose to look at your finger, put your focus on your finger, and everything else becomes blurred in the background, or you can do it the other way around and look at the background, and your finger will be completely blurred. You won't be able to see your finger. Um, so basically, um, your, your ability um, to see two things is impaired. And you're never going to be able to see both. It's either one or the other. Um, and this problem seems to be prolific in all humans, so in all of us. Um, however, uh, this problem, uh, this, I don't see this as, <coughs> as a problem. Sorry. Uh, well, this, this effect is not a curse at all. Um, but it's a gift. Uh, it, uh, because as we are created with thought and planning, uh, we are able to focus our mind on God. Uh, we are able to give him our absolute love and attention. Uh, and I've kind of loosely used this um, Michelangelo's um, picture to illustrate this. Um, as Adam here has only has eyes for God, uh, despite the distractions that are around him, um, being those small, little, cute angels. Um, and God wants his undivided attention um, and is actually giving Adam his undivided attention. Um, but how do we apply this knowledge um, to our normal lives? Um, so, um, so humans uh, are susceptible to distractions. Uh, we seek to divert our attention from God. Uh, and to illustrate this, uh, I'm going to read Matthew 6, verse 26. And I'll read it first, and then I'll give a little talk about it afterwards. Where are we? Here we are. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Uh, now, this is, as you, I'm sure you know, is Jesus talking uh, He's, t- he's taking the Sermon on the Mount, basically, um, which is, I'm sh- as I'm sure you know, the new covenant that we're expected to live by. Um, and before this, uh, Jesus talks about uh, money. Uh, however, I've kind of, I kind of want to branch away from that, or not just branch away from that, but I want to be inclusive um, of all other types of distractions, whether that be sport, um, money, even in Jesus' example, or something else. Um, But in this, uh, Jesus talks about the comparative insignificance um, of earthly treasures and heavenly treasures. Um, But as I said, I want to kind of move away from that. Not not so much move away, but more um, include other things in that. Um, But money can often be that distraction. Um, But mainly, this passage seeks to uh, deny the possibility of serving two masters, uh, and our attention, as I've talked about earlier, cannot be split um, between, or well, our focus anyway, cannot be split between God and something else, and our relationship with God will always suffer as a result. Um, so what we've got to do is we've got to strive, uh, strive to relinquish 
our focus on material gains, um, but focus on serving God. Um, but uh, for me anyway, uh, God can sometimes seem, seem like huge, uh, really hard to conceive, um, and sometimes it's difficult to focus on him um, or, or just look up to him and just say, it's just, it just seems such a huge task. Um, so for me, I've... Uh, this, oh, that's the wrong way. Um, so this problem has haunted me for a few weeks um, since I had the first like, essence or idea of this talk um, at Soul Survivor, uh, or in the summer at least, and it's kind of developed its way through that. So the, this problem um, of how do we... So, so yes, I, I want to focus on God, but how, what does that mean? How can I, how can I attribute that in, in physical terms? Um, and the one way that came to me um, through a long time, it was I was praying about it uh, and thinking about it for a long time, um, but the way that I came, came about it was looking through God's lens. Um, and it sounds a bit neither here nor there, um, but I'll try and explain it to you what I mean. Um, basically, it's looking at things that come, to, come between yourself and God. Uh, and you're not, you don't, you're not just looking at it, but you're looking at how you can use that thing um, to serve God. Uh, and, doing, and through doing that, you're diverting your attention back to God. Um, so, for example, if we use Jesus' example of money, uh, you, could be, you could talk to God about it, you could pray about it, um, ask God, how, how can I... How can I use this money to serve you best um, or contribute it to a cause or something like that? Um, basically, just, just look at the thing that's, taking, that's getting between you and God and you bring that to him. Um, and, in that you're, and through that, sorry, you're focusing on him. Uh, and which sometimes it can seem like, hang on, am I not supposed to be looking away from this? Um, but no, you kind of, you're including that in your concept or idea of God. Um, and through that, you're, you're, you're looking through God um, and focusing on him, doing that. Um, but for me, um, I used to play a lot of sports, and I'm sure a lot of people, or I, especially when I was talking to my youth group, uh, I, I knew a lot of them played sports. Um, but for me, it was sport anyway. Um, and for me, it was like sharing my faith in the sports team, um, talking to someone about it. Um, but it can, it can be, just be as simple as praying for your team or something like that. Um, it's just really bringing that thing that's keeping you between you and God uh, and you bring it before him and talking to him about it. Um, that refocuses your attention uh, and refocuses your life uh, on God. Uh, so my, uh, I'm almost done, um, but finally I want to share the significance of focus. Um, and this, this is, because basically I spent my summer um, thinking about something to share, um, and I came to this, to the, the, the topic of my talk um, of focus uh, at Soul Survivor, or at the start of Soul Survivor, and then I listened to this talk, which was given to, uh, which was given at Soul Survivor, um, and I'm sorry to the guys at Sal, you've heard this for the third time because you saw it. You, because you heard it at Soul Survivor, you heard it at Cell. And, but I'm now going to talk about it. It really struck me. Um, so a bit, little bit stolen from there, um, but I've kind of tweaked it a little bit. Um, so as you can probably guess from the slide, um, this is about Peter walking on the Sea of Galilee. 
um, from Matthew 14, 22 to 31, which I'm now going to read. Um, 14, Here we go. Take a sip of water first. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get out, get into the boat, and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went upon a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and a boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Jesus got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Um, so before I start talking about the events and what happened in that little short passage, I want to kind of draw your attention to what happened before it. I didn't read it, um, but what happened before it was that Jesus fed um, the 5,000 um, with five, pieces of, five loaves of bread and two, um, two fish. Um, and this was, this was literally a matter of hours before. It, was, it couldn't have been a small amount of time. Um, but it just struck me when I read it um, that, either, that this was the perfect time to have the right focus and the right faith. Um, but even still, Peter, Peter's focus and his faith failed him then. Um, and it just struck me that whilst... It's going to be difficult, and whilst you're not going to succeed at every time, um, because even Peter at this this like perfect moment, he'd literally just seen Jesus um, feed five thousand people from five bread and two fish. He still his faith still was was diverted at this point. It's going to be difficult, but even like even if it's all going well, it's still going to be difficult. Um, but in the time that he was focused. Uh, I just wanted to highlight how great the events that could happen through Jesus. Like Peter walked on water with his focus on Jesus. And as soon as his focus left Jesus, he sank. Um, and I just wanted to illustrate through this the significance and the impact that focus can have on your life. Um, if, you, if you are focusing on him and if you take the time to look at these things and using God as your lens, um, you'll be able, well, you should be able to achieve great things as Peter did just then, um, or just then as we talked about. Um, but again, it's going to be difficult. Again, you're going to have lapses of focus as Peter did. Um, but the difficulties that can come or the challenges that can come um, if you let those things come between you and God, um, as Peter let his fear come between him and God, as he sank into the waves. But also, I, the last point, I'm sorry, the last point I said, uh, wanted to say, sorry, is that even when Peter was sinking, uh, and even when he, his focus and his faith left from Jesus, Jesus put out his hand and pulled him out of the water. Um, and I just wanted to say that 
even if, even if things are coming between you and God, he will always try and come back and help you focus on him. Um, so yeah, he's always there to support us as he was there to support Peter when he was pulling him out of the water. That's, that's the end of my little, my little talk. Um, but yeah. So it's good to respond to to what God